0: Thank you for joining us today on the Beautifully Confident Show. Are you feeling stuck in your personal and professional life? Do you want to take your life to the next level, but don't know where to start? The four-week Turning Point Coaching Program is here to help you achieve your goals. Our program is designed to help you identify your turning points and the effects they've had on your confidence. We'll evaluate changes you'd like to make, set achievable goals, and create a plan to reach them. We'll work with you to develop a customized roadmap that fits your unique needs and circumstances and provide ongoing support and guidance every step of the way. We will help you overcome any obstacles that are holding you back and build the confidence and skills you need to succeed. So if you're ready to take the next steps and transform your life, join the Turning Point Coaching Program today check out the show notes for the link to register. I look forward to supporting you on your journey to becoming beautifully confident. Have you ever doubted your own self-confidence? Hmm, being over 50, I'm not sure I can count all the times I have. Going through a divorce, questioning if I chose the right career after already devoting 10 years of my life to it, and then dating as a single mom. I'm not as young, maybe I don't look as pretty, the questions just keep coming. Whether it's self-doubt on our life choices or our surroundings or our appearance, it creeps in. Join us here as we share tips and stories of how to grow your own confidence inside and out with experts who have also experienced the highs and lows of self-confidence. I'm your host, Kelly Buckley, and this is the Beautifully Confident Podcast. Hi, and welcome. I'm your host, Kelly Buckley, of The Beautifully Confident Show, where we share stories from women whose confidence has been shaken in different ways, what they did during their turning point, and how they're helping others in their confidence journey. So today I have a fabulous guest, Anza Goodbar, and let me tell you just a little bit about her and then we will introduce her. Anza Goodbar boasts an impressive track record as a seasoned business consultant and an event strategist, having orchestrated more than 4,000 triumphant events that have generated over $100 in revenue for her clientele. That is impressive. Her unwavering passion for empowering small businesses to harness the power of live events in order to boister their brand and elevate revenue has been instrumental in driving countless businesses towards their objectives. Furthermore, her tailor-made strategies have consistently propelled clients to soar to unprecedented heights. Oh my gosh, that is impressive. I'm so excited to have you and and speak about your area of genius, Anza. Welcome. Hi, Kelly. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here this morning. Absolutely. So we have a couple different things we're going to talk about, including your story, what a turning point was that you had and some of the steps you took to get yourself to being your most beautifully confident self. So Anza, can you share with us a little bit about you and and how you came to being where you are now?
1: Sure. Well, um, let me just start by saying I was the daughter of two entrepreneurial parents. And so I think it was a foregone conclusion that I one day would own my own business. Um, I started teaching cooking classes when I was 11 in my dad's um, appliance store. And by the time I was 13, I was the part-time bookkeeper and I was the dispatcher for our repair service. And so I learned a lot of business basics very early on. Um, but I was kind of that girl who didn't know what she wanted to be when she grew up. And so I thought, I need to try all these things out. You know, I thought for a while I wanted to be a newscaster. Um, I wanted to... um be a missionary for a while. I mean, it was just from one extreme to the other, and I just didn't know really what I wanted to do. But from teaching at an early age, I knew that sharing education in some form um, to make people's lives better was going to be a part of my story. And lo and behold, that has been the case. So I kind of started out um, doing some admin work and realized I was really good at organization, problem solving, team building. And then I had the opportunity to move into the world of event planning for a major nonprofit that I worked for. And the owner of the nonprofit was also a highly acclaimed author. And he had a book that had come out that dealt with... um, communication problems between parents and teens, and he decided to turn that event or that book into an event. And so we started hosting arena events for parents and teens, which was cutting edge at that time. This was back in the 90s. And um, we worked on an 18-month planning cycle. We did five events a year all across America, and it was one of the most rewarding jobs I ever had. Well, unfortunately, because it was a faith-based ed, um, entity, my marriage situation played into my job security, and unfortunately, my marriage did not survive, and that meant I had to relinquish my job, and so I was kind of at a turning point of what do I do now? What's next? And one of my friends in HR saw a job posting for an event planner for what was called a destination management company, and that just meant that we managed anything that had to do with our local destination for people bringing events to our city. She said, you would be perfect for this. And I said, yes, yes, I would. And so I went in and and decided that I was going to apply. They had two positions available. And I applied for the this this job and they hired me. Not for the job that I applied for, but for the higher level position. And so... It took me from planning five events a year and you know having this 18-month timeline into having maybe 30 events in a week um, and planning things on a very short time schedule. So as you can imagine, it was a very challenging situation for me. Um, but I loved it. And we were responsible for everything, for all of the profitability for our events for all of the planning, creativity, design, negotiating costs, you name it, we did it. Um, As you can imagine, by the end of five years, I was really on the edge of burnout. At that time, my oldest son was looking at opening a mortgage business. He had worked in mortgages while he was going to college. And he said, hey, mom, I'm going to start a mortgage business. I need someone I trust. Can you join me? Is now a good time? And I was like, heck yeah. And so we went into the mortgage business together and we catered to um, the subprime lending market. And things were great from 2004 to 2008. And then 2008 was a major event in the mortgage and real estate industry. And we ended up losing our business. And so it was kind of like, what's next? What's next? What am I going to do now? every mortgage company in town that wasn't a major bank went out of business so the market was flooded with people who had my skill set and i had a colleague that i'd met through networking who ran a virtual assistant business and she had told me you need to hire one of my people you know and i kept saying that is the dumbest idea i've ever heard i have a brick and mortar business I need someone in my office who can meet and greet, shake hands, make people feel comfortable, create signing packages, you know, do all the things. They can't do that from across town or across the world. It just isn't a good fit. Well, initially, we thought that the mortgage industry would bounce back, that this was just a bubble that was causing a a little thorn in our paw. And so I thought, I just need something that's going to get me through until things bounce back. So I called my friend back and I said, you know, that dumb idea you had, I think it might really be brilliant. (laughs) And I said, do you think that I could do what you do? And she said, absolutely. So a week later I had a website, I was up and going and I thought, you know, I've got all this event experience. Surely I could do events, right? No, the timing wasn't right for that. I thought, okay, I could you know, do a myriad of other things that I had a skill set in. And it was like, no. But what happened was women started coming to me who were looking to build a business or who were stagnant in their business and they didn't know what kind of steps to take. And so that kind of opened up the door for my coaching and consulting business. And then as things have evolved and as we have come past COVID, We have introduced the idea of using events as a powerful business building tool. So for authors out there who wrote a book and don't know how to monetize, we can help them do that. Um, we also can help coaches and consultants, service providers be able to take their expertise and, and be able to position themselves as the go-through go-to expert and thought leader in their field um, in ways to help them not just rely on social media to grow their business, but to be able to create a tangible business plan around the power of events too. Raise um, their brand visibility and their own credibility and expertise level um, with their potential clients.
0: Oh my gosh, Anza, what a story. <laughs> that is uh, <laughs> it's awesome. And so I'm gonna pull out a couple things of um before we get to your turning point, but something just talking to you and getting to know you even before our interview today. Why I wanted to showcase you was also just some of those last things that you were talking about, about how as female entrepreneurs, we can show up as our most confident self with these type of events. So can mm-hmm. you just talk about just you know a couple of things of... How these type of events can help entrepreneurs show their most confident self and show that, you know, as the face of this is who I am and I'm I'm confident about that. How do you help with that?
1: Absolutely. Well, you know one of the very first things that we do when when we're working with an entrepreneur who maybe hasn't hosted their own event, it can be really intimidating, and imposter syndrome can step in, self-doubt can step in. Um, you know, and so we talk about a couple of different things. One is, what are your core values? Because if we're asking you to do something that's outside of your core values, it's probably going to be an epic fail. You're not going to get the result that you want. You're not going to be able to show up and feel confident, right? So first of all, we, we look at what are your core values? What's your mission? Is your mission and core values in alignment? Because oftentimes they're not. Many times as women, We tend to be people pleasers, we tend to be nurturers, and we do things that are expected of us, and we do the things that we think we should do, not the things that necessarily we're drawn to do or are passionate to do. And sometimes we don't do the things that we're drawn to do because we think we're not qualified. There's a myth out there that you have to be a big-name person like Tony Robbins or Marie Forleo um, in order to fill an event, and that just is not true. And so we talk about some of those limiting beliefs. One of the books that I recommend people is um, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks because he talks about working in our, our zone of excellence And the difference that it makes and the impact that we make when we work in our zone of genius. And so we talk about where is she at in her journey? Who does she need to become? Because we're always in a state of becoming, right? Mm -hmm. Who do we need to become to be in our zone of genius? Because that's going to make us feel a little bit uncomfortable. And, you know, when we're growing, discomfort is part of the journey. And we need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And so we look at that act of becoming. And sometimes it's the the process of unlearning some of the things that we have been conditioned to believe. And so those are really the first steps that we take when we look at how do we show up and be who we need to be to get to that next level, to attract that ideal client to our business, to our event. Um, But most importantly, it's about being authentically you and owning who that is. Because you don't have to be like me to be successful. I don't have to be like You know, Marie Forleo or Oprah Winfrey or Brene Brown, right? Look at all of their journeys. They're all very different, yet they're all very impactful and very powerful in their own way. And so, one of the things that we always say is don't look at a cookie cutter approach. Because your business is not like anybody else's business. The way you're going to approach solving someone's problem isn't going to be the way that anybody else is going to do it. So by all means, look at the things that are working for other people. Take the pieces that make sense to you and be able to create your own thing that really builds your own unique brand and identity.
0: That's great. Oh that's great. And I'm I'm glad you mentioned imposter syndrome cuz I I do think it's probably at the root of a lot of people's shaken confidence times is that they right. don't feel like they're being their authentic self and just starts that that downward spiral of our confidence being shaken. So we would yeah. love to hear from you. So what, at what point in your life, or do you want to share one, maybe one or two points that you felt like your confidence was shaken and, and how, you know, where that showed up and maybe some emotions that you had around that so that our listeners can, that are listening can relate and say, oh gosh, I was feeling that too. Are you tired of draining your ad spend budget and still not landing in front of your ideal clients? Did you know the amount of podcasts have more than tripled in the past three years? And podcast advertising is helping more people get in front of their ideal customers. Visit my website, beautifullyconfidentpodcast.com to schedule a quick chat with me to see if your business qualifies to advertise on our show. Absolutely. And I'm actually
1: going to put a little twist in our story because there's something else that, as we've been talking today, I feel more called to share than what we had previously discussed. Please do. So I shared with you that I worked at this um, nonprofit faith based business. And, you know, I was really good at what I did. I excelled every day, and every day people told me what a great job that I did. I had this wonderful, Support system. You know, we spent time together in devotions. We prayed for each other. You know, there was this real family environment that we were a part of. And like I said, we had this long lead time for planning. And so it was easy to do what we did. And I think of it as being a time where I was a big fish in a very small pond. I didn't realize that at the time. When I made the move to go over to this other event planning company, it was a very different environment. Um, It was constantly putting out fires. Everything was constantly different. Um, Nothing was the same. There was no pattern. There was no rhyme or reason for how things were put together. It was all about making the sale from our sales department, whatever wild and audacious thing they could come up with. Well, as I said, I came from a faith-based industry, and the company that I went to was not faith-based. In fact, they hated everything that that organization stood for. And as an extension, they really hated me too. And so it was their goal to sabotage me to get me out of there. Um, and. So there were a lot of things that weren't explained to me fully. So for instance, um, we dealt with car companies um, that we did events for. I did not know that if you were using a car service to transfer people to an event from the airport, that if they were with a particular car company, that you could only transport them in their brand. So if you were dealing with Porsche North America, you should be transferring them in Porsche vehicles. Well, our transportation provider used Lincolntown cars and Lincolns are nice cars, right? Yeah. I scheduled them, brought them in from the airport, and immediately I had um, offended the vice president of Porsche North America, right? Nobody told me this. And for them in the industry, it was a no-brainer. It was common sense. But nobody said, if you are doing this, you need to find another provider. Typically, we go to the dealership. They provide the car. We provide the driver, whatever. I had never done anything like that before. Well, I was told very publicly in a five-star hotel lobby how inadequate I was, how stupid I was, how inept I was, and how they were not going to work with me through the the rest of the event they wanted one of my teammates. Talk about having your confidence shaken i I had no words. I had sure, no point of reference, right? So uh, I went back to the office and I cried, and I packed up my desk. And I said, I can't do this. So, went home that night, cried some more. I was a single mom. It's like, there's no other job options. So, I guess I got to take my box of stuff back and, and go try it again. Right. So, we went in, made apologies. Things ended up working out fine in the end. But it was, you know, my first week on the job and it really shook me to the core. Um, there was another incident where I was dealing with NBC corporate, it was an Olympic year and we had sold, um, an event that was for television stations that didn't qualify to cover the Olympics. And I lived in a city where there was an Olympic training center. And so we were putting on our own mini Olympics with Olympic athletes that it wasn't their season to go to the Olympics. um, We had winter sports that trained in our area. And so we created this whole big thing. Again, I was brand new. There were so many moving pieces. Um, There were a lot of things that happened out of my control. For instance, in the summertime in Colorado, it gets very hot. A couple of our buses caught on fire Taking people out to do recreational activities like rafting and whatnot. When does that happen? What do you do? How do you prepare for that? You know, again, there were things that I probably could have been told, but I had to figure them out on my own. And so it was like crisis, 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 very different from the um, situation that I had come from. Well, the The person that was running our office was highly financially motivated. And so the more money we made as an office, the bigger his bonus was. And on this particular program, um, he thought because it was NBC, they were a very big company, um, that we could pad our profit a little bit more and they wouldn't be any wiser about it. Well, they shopped around. They did a few things and they came back and they said, hey, you're really price gouging us. And for me, that was a huge insult. And again, being a single mom, I was kind of in a position where I really needed the job. I was so new that it was like, well, maybe this is just the way we do business. I just need to learn the ropes. And um, he threw me under the bus with the client. He's like, oh, I told her not to do that. So again. I was like totally thrown because I had come from this environment where everybody supported and really helped you become the best version of yourself, really helped you excel in your job, gave you the tools, empowered you. And I felt like from every direction, it was really just hitting me. And it was like, is this a sign? Am I not supposed to be here? Am I not cut out for this? Um But that day was a a real turning point for me mentally, but also for the relationship that I didn't yet have with my, my teammates in the office. So we went back to the office and we went in and closed the door. And I said, you know, you can fire me right here, right now, but I will never be put into a situation where I have to compromise my values. Or where I am going to have to backpedal in front of a client, that's not okay. And if this is what this company is about, then I don't want any part of it. I went back to my office and I called the vice president of the company. They they didn't work in our city. And I let her know what happened. And I said, I never in my wildest dreams would have felt that I would have been put in this position. And I just thought that you should know, um, if it happens again, I'm going to walk and I'm just done. Well, little did I know that everyone else had been dealing with that same situation, but nobody stood up and did anything about it. The man who was running our office was actually fired that day. And that was a turning point, One in my confidence, because I stood my ground, I showed up for myself, I spoke my truth, um, But it was a turning point in the way that the women looked at me because they had a perception of who I was because of where I had worked before. And very quickly after that, I became the leader in the group that it was like, she's got the courage to stand up. If we band together, we don't have to be put in these situations anymore. And, you know, I went on to be the employee of the year, to be their top producer Um, several years in a row after that. But there were a lot of days, there were a lot of Fridays where I packed up my my box and it's like, I can't do this. And I would have to, you know, find a friend to talk me off the ledge and, you know, and send me back in. And I'm so glad that I I didn't quit. Um, that would have really been the easy way out. It wouldn't have positioned me for where I am today. And there were so many learning lessons that came out of that that I still rely on today. Yes. I still look back at some of the epic failures that I experienced um in those early months. Um, and I look back and say, man, if I could make it through that ugly situation, I can make it through this. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it's all about finding the learning and the lesson in in what you're going through. Yeah. But I think that, that that was probably one of my biggest turning points where I went from feeling Really confident and sure of who I was and what I could do to really questioning myself at the core of, can I do this? Am I cut out for this? am i yeah. am I kidding myself?
0: Yeah, oh, and so thank you so much for sharing that. I do so a couple of things I pulled out of there um that were so important to it uh, was that taking some time to establish what are our core values before jumping into that, that next job or career. Um, And then the next thing I heard you say that was so instrumental was setting those boundaries for yourself and the people around you so that they knew what your core values were. So Mm -hmm. I just, that was so strong and impactful that I I think that will help a lot of people because I, I do think a lot of women don't feel comfortable setting the boundaries in fear mm-hmm. of what will happen right and you know there's so much out there that we don't have to live in fear of oh if i do this this will happen there's exactly thing. there will always be something something else that fits our core values
1: you uh, know one of the things that that came out of that was the phrase this or something better Yes, You know, this or something better. Am I supposed to be doing this or is there something better that I could be doing or should be doing? And I think that, you know, it's okay to pause and say, am I in the right place? Is this a sign? Should I be paying attention? Or is there a lesson I'm supposed to be learning? And what is that lesson and being open to what that is? Because, you know, uh, confrontation is not my strong suit. Even today, it's something that I avoid far more than I should, but I'm much better at it because of the situations that I went through. And, you know, that was back in the late 90s, early 2000s. So, you know, this is almost 25 years. Wow. (laughs) 25 (laughs) years down the road but those are still lessons that i remember and draw from even today and so you know one thing i would like to say is if if you're feeling shaken at your core go back in and revisit those core values what's your mission what do you feel called to do where do you feel out of alignment and and listen to your body because your body is going to talk to you as well when you start thinking about those things you know do you feel out of alignment when your throat closes and you can't speak and and say what you want to say or do you get that tight pit in your stomach when you're doing something that you don't want to do and you feel like I just can't do that or you know do you feel like you just can't breathe when you get on stage because you're afraid of making a mistake or not showing up in that perfect form because we as women oftentimes have that perfectionistic thread within us and we feel like no one will listen to us or take us seriously if we stumble on our words or if we lose a thought. We have to always just be right on beat, right on beat all the time. And that's not true. That's not true at all. People relate to us in our humanness when we do make those stumbles or when because everybody does it and they can relate to that like, oh, wow. And they learn from you in the way that you recover from that. And that's so valuable.
0: Oh, that's great. Thank you for sharing those steps. I appreciate it because um, I know our listeners are listening, thinking, well, what do I do? So I love those great. those action steps. And uh, can you share how, so if our listeners are listening now, if you're driving and you can't write this down, it's okay. It's going to be in the show notes. Can you share where our listeners can find you um, and and maybe what you're offering right now?
1: Sure. Um. So the easiest way to find me is just by my name, Anza Goodbar. Um, you can type in anzagoodbar.com and it will forward to our bankable events website. Um, we are actually hosting a free webinar and it's called Crush Your Way to Success. And it has to do with using live events to be able to reach your target audience and to be able to you know, to own your power, own your expertise, who you are. We also have some freebies on our website. If people are looking at running their own events and they're looking for ways to offset their costs, we have a really great um, sponsorship pitch deck template. That's a a tongue twister in and of itself. You can find that and grab your free copy on our website.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today. I appreciate everything you shared Uh, So listeners, if you are listening and you're feeling like, oh, my confidence is shaken in the same areas and you would like to connect with us, please check out the show notes and we would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for being here today, Anza. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Beautifully Confident Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review and share this with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you in your beauty and confidence journey, visit my website at beautifullyconfidentpodcast.com.